And welcome, welcome, welcome once again to another episode of the Vinyl Crusade with your host Mike Puskas from the Seven Sense team. And I do apologise in advance, it's been a few weeks between drinks because there's a lot going on and I'm not going to get into what's really the bigger picture of everything other than we are learning to adapt to a very new way of living a very new conscious outlook, the way that our relationships figure into our daily routines, and most importantly, what it's like to live in a relegated and somewhat rigid state of lockdown. But that's not what we're here for. We're here to honor the immutable talents of the highly evocative artist David Bowie and the life and times and the bigger esoteric picture of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars. The time is five years to go before the end of the earth. It has been announced that the world will end because of lack of natural resources. Ziggy is in a position where all the kids have access to things that they thought they wanted. Ziggy was in a rock and roll band and the kids no longer want rock and roll. Now the character of Ziggy Stardust was inspired by a collection of real life personalities, including singers Vince Taylor and the Stardust Cowboy and fashion designer Kanzai Yamamoto. Bowie planned for the album to coincide with a stage show or television production, but neither fully materialised, although the David D. Pennybaker-directed live theatre concert in which he presented his androgynous role as the incredibly disenfranchised space traveller and then pretty much cut him to the quick and let him go from the face of our understanding. There were so many additional extra compositions and recordings created during the sessions for this album, and one of the most famous was All the Young Dudes, written within the context of the Ziggy Stardust concept, but ultimately given to the band Mop the Hoople, for whom the song would be a big hit. A couple of other songs that would become radio hits for Bowie, John I'm Only Dancing and The Gene Genie were also recorded during these sessions but not included on the UK release of the album. Through a very long and distinguished career, David Bowie's absolute classic is the 1972 album The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars. It takes the musicianship and experimental nature of Bowie's previous album, Hunky Dory, in 1971 to a whole new level where Bowie really hit his stride and forged his distinctive sound. Although it is a concept album, nothing feels forced and nowhere is it repetitive. Just a grand parade of songs which collectively tell an amazing story. Bowie's lyrics and vocals are deep and emotive 
albeit tragic, while guitarist Mick Ronson held the music down to a highly respectable rock level with his sharp and fat guitar riffs. Now, we need to put things into context because this is also very much reflective of a, a cross-cultural revolution that was heralding in the rather disassociated and somewhat bohemian youth of the time. So rock and roll had become part of the mainstream when Elvis Presley crashed the gates in the mid-50s. The Beatles and the Rolling Stones pushed further into culture in the 60s, but by the end of the decade, fatigue had pretty much set in. At the start of the 70s, rock and roll was at a crossroads. The Beatles were gone, and the hippie culture was alienating to some fans, especially the younger guard that were coming up with all their, we don't wanna conform and we're not going to fall in line with what the establishment requests of us. And then came David Bowie, who along with Alice Cooper and others like Slade and The Sweet, which I featured last week, finally put rock on a very exciting new course. Now, to go back a little bit in time to sort of set the scene of how Ziggy came about as a direct response to what he was able to solidify and generate a firm foundation with Hunky Dory, he hit the charts in the summer of 1969 with Space Oddity, but most of what followed failed to live up to that heightened sense of limited glory. So Bowie, knowing that this was a time when you could challenge the very sensibilities of societal influence and really define yourself in a very interdependent and individual capacity, he came up with a concept for a character based on influences ranging from the Velvet Underground to mime and theatre. Ziggy Stardust even came with his own band, The Spider from Mars, which included bassist Trevor Boulder and drummer Woody Woodmancy, with guitar virtuoso Mick Ronson. Bowie was ready for this very powerful next phase, which arrived on June 6, 1972. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars was his fifth album, but it might as well have been Bowie's first. In retrospect, you can trace a line from LPs like The Man Who Sold the World and Hunky Dory right up to Ziggy, but it still seemed at the time that Ziggy Stardust appeared out of thin air and somewhat fully formed. The conceptual story about a fictional futuristic rock star begins with five years, which paints a picture of a doomed planet with references to a dystopian world where a cop knelt and kissed the feet of a priest and a queer threw up at the sight of that. I mean, come on, let's talk about maverick imagery that was redefining the landscape of what was considered to be 
worthy of people's consideration and certainly redefining the landscape of popular music and the ever-shifting, changing culture that was pretty much in the face of everyone and anyone that meant something. This conceptual story about a fictional futuristic rock star begins with five years and moves very much through the power and light year galaxy juxtaposition from the era's usual peace and love ethos. Ziggy Stardust Tale continues with songs like Lady Stardust, which references fellow glam icon Mark Boland. Hang on to yourself, powered by a space-age Eddie Cochran riff that had a strong influence on the upcoming punk generation. And of course, the quintessential Ziggy Stardust, the album's centrepiece that sets up the main character story. Ziggy really sang, screwed up eyes, and screwed down hairdo. Like some cat from Japan, he could lick him by smiling. He could leave him to hang. They came on so loaded, man, well hung and snow white tan. Powerful, metaphorical reflections of rising through the guard of these newly defined glam gods and the androgynous split which redefined sexuality and heralded the advent of homosexual experience and understanding. The closing rock and roll suicide wraps up Ziggy's tale as it zeroes in Bowie's growing fan base. You're not alone, he sings to the disenfranchised youth. We've been through Vietnam. We've been through the colour culture of the rather fragmented flower power generation. We've seen the split of the Beatles after some three decades of lift our hearts to higher levels of connection with our divine and higher self. Now what? Now where do we end up going? When Ziggy was embodied by Bowie and played for countless kids in England, the performance of Starman on Top of the Pops in 72 was indeed a defining moment. Released as a single prior to the album, it initially didn't fare too well on the charts, but following this TV appearance, it rocketed very much into the top 10. Starman was the eureka moment in rock and roll. Spandau Ballet's Gary Kemp said in a BBC documentary, this creature appears on top of the pops and he was so shocking, so androgynous, so otherworldly, the impact wasn't lost on the people outside of his immediate fan base. It was so different, it was like, wow man, recalled Elton John. No one had ever seen anything like that before. Still, chart success was scattered, even though the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars went top five in the UK, it climbed to only number 75 in the US. But its impact was well felt over time. 
the follow-up, 1973, Aladdin Sane, Alad in Sane, as in Aladdin, letting the genie out of the bottle, the androgynous homosexual fanfare that met the world after Ziggy had been born, breathed life, redefined the musical landscape, and then exited stage left just as quickly as he had arrived. But it became Bowie's first number one album in the UK and finally cracked the top 20 in the US. Within two years of its inception, Bowie abandoned Ziggy and reimagined himself again. He really grew sort of out of proportion, out of the expectation of what the fans thought he truly embodied to him, but he got much bigger than I thought Ziggy was going to be. And then Ziggy just overshadowed everything, leaving Bowie in a somewhat shadowed light. And that he found difficult to rise beyond knowing that he had so much more to say and this character was monopolising every part of the rhetoric. Now for me, when this album first appeared on my horizon, I was just kind of trying to shake the shackles of my own seemingly stringent Catholic upbringing being at a private boys' school and being pulled out of that and arriving in yet another private boys' school where it was really more about popularity and the importance of prowess in sport, this was an opportunity for me to embrace my very, very own sexuality. And the punk scene allowed me beyond the usual piercing of the ears with little badges of honour, punk's not dead, the affected, millions of dead cops and crass subhumans. I'll never forget first hearing groups like Rudimentary Peni and Blissful Myth and the lyrics, how, how they overshadowed and somewhat foreshadowed what was going to potentially play out as the Sex Pistols were just beginning their rise to the popular front. And yet there was an incredible juxtaposition between what was going on in the Bowery ballrooms of New York City's Manhattan, Lower West Side, and what was happening in the King's Road and the more bohemian, darker areas of the London societal influence. Bands like the Ramones and Blondie and Television and Patti Smith and Talking Heads were all challenging what was considered to be the rock and roll form in an effort to bring forward something that is much more challenging, much more unique in the way that they would splash the colour on the canvas and again redefine the landscape of music at the time. Meanwhile, back across the Atlantic in England, the emergence of Bowie and Zeppelin, Mark Boland and T-Rex and all these other groups that were 
also bringing forward a voice unlike anything we'd experienced before or understood to a greater degree. This is nowhere more apparent than looking at the tracks. And it must be said for the record that when I heard Moon Age Daydream creeping out of the speakers and latching onto me, drawing me more and more into its clearer focus, I knew something amazing was taking place. So here is Moon Age Daydream in its entirety as a focal point of this incredible album. You're on Megazine Radio, The Vinyl Crusade, and the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama, papa coming for you. I'm a space invader. I'll be a rock and rolling bitch for you. Keep your mouth shut.
Daydream. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie at his consummate best. And I've got to say that that particular outro, that guitar outro from Mick Ronson, is nothing short of incendiary. What a great sound. Bowie initiates Moon Age Daydream on side one of this riveting record with a bellow of I'm an alligator that's delightful in itself, but which also has a lot to do with what Rise and Fall is all about. Because in it there's the perfect touch of self-mockery, a lusty but forlorn bravado that is the first hint of the central duality and of the rather spine-tingling questions that rise from it. So there is consciousness at play here. There is expansive understanding of our stellar, infinite nature. There is more going on behind the scenes in this flamboyant, androgynous, interstellar character created by Bowie. And I love that we can wrap that up in a very simple moniker as understanding the self-mockery, looking in the mirror and seeing the comedic angle staring back that everybody seems to be taking oh so seriously. Just how big and tough is your rock and roll star, echoes Bowie. How much of him is bluff and how much inside is vulnerable and very frightened and even helpless? And is this what comes from our happily dubbing someone as larger than life? David Bowie has pulled off his complex task with consummate style, with some really great raw edge rock and roll. And the Spiders, Mick Ronson on guitar and piano, Mick Woodmansey on drums, and Trevor Boulder on bass, they're all really good at what they do. With all the wit and passion required to give it sufficient dimension and with a deep sense of humanity that regularly emerges from behind the typical Fugazi, the smoke screen of the star facade. Let's put the ego aside and allow that to be representative of just the story, but not necessarily the truth. So the important thing is that despite the formidable nature of the undertaking, he hasn't sacrificed one bit of entertainment value for the sake of delivering a level of conscious messaging. Which is also to say that he hasn't had a great time creating the flamboyance and outrageousness that are somewhat inseparable from that typically boxed in and crampy image of his. The news here is that he's managed to get that sensibility down on vinyl and not with an attempt at pseudo-visualism which as Alice Cooper has deftly shown just doesn't cut it. But through employment of broadly managed styles and deliveries a boggling variety of vocal nuances that provide the program with the necessary depth, a verbal acumen that is now more economic and no longer clouded by storms of psychotic, frenzied music, and finally a thorough command 
of the elements of rock and roll. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust emerges as a series of concise vignettes designed strictly for the ear. And now what we're going to do, because there are so many incredibly succinct and powerful moments on this record, is experience a little montage. We're going to have a little bit of Five Years, which opens the album. We're going to go into a little bit of Soul Love. And I'm going to finish the bracket with a nice, solid dose of It Ain't Easy and talk a little bit about what it means to understand that, hey, we are changing the way people are thinking about the world we all inhabit here on planet Earth. You're on Magazine Radio, The Vinyl Crusade, and this is David Bowie at his consummate best in five years. Mother's dying. News had just come over. We had five years left to crying. News guy wept and told us was really dying. Cried so much his face was wet. Then I knew. Was not lying. I heard telephones, opera house, favorite melodies, song boys, toys, electric irons and TVs. A brain hurt like a warehouse. It had no room to spare. I had to cram so many things to store. Everything in there. And all the
Ain't Easy. And before that, Soul Love. And before that again, Five Years. By the immutable David Bowie and the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust. Right here on the Vinyl Crusade on Magazine Radio with your host, Mike Puskas. And we're dissecting the powerful nature of what Bowie was thinking about. What was going through his head? What was cycling through his psyche, developing this interstellar, supercharged personality, Ziggy Stardust, and what it meant to the world. Because it was something that meant a very powerful underlying theme and current to the world stage. Side two of the soul of this album. That's right, Side 2 is the soul of the album, a kind of a psychological equivalent of Lola versus Power Man that delves deep into a matter close to David's heart. What's it all about to be a rock and roll star? And it begins with the slow, fluid Lady Stardust, a song in which currents of frustration and triumph merge in an overriding desolation. For though he was all right, the band was altogether sick still. What a great refrain, as you can hear quietly in the background, and we will feature a little bit more of this sort of anthemic tribute, if you like, to what was going on inside Bowie's thought construct. People stared at the makeup on his face, laughed at his long black hair, his animal grace. Again, strong, succinct words of high vibration that encapsulated the powerful nature of this performance delivery on a stage across the world. The pervading bittersweet melancholy that wells out of the contradictions and that Bowie beautifully captures with one of the album's more direct vocal conjures, the picture of a painted harlequin under the spotlight of a deserted theatre in the darkest hour of the night. Wow. Such beautifully aligned to the higher aspect of reaching for the stars. Bowie was always in the process of redefining himself as he continued to reach for the stars. This is something that a lot of artists find difficult to grasp because there are so many external influences taking place when concocting the ideas, when brewing the potential arrangements, when designing the tapestry of how this was going to play out to an audience. Star springs along handsomely as he confidently tells us that I could make it all worthwhile as a rock and roll star. Here Bowie outlines the dazzling side of the coin, so inviting, 
so enticing to play the part. His singing is a delight, full of mocking intonations and backed way down in the mix with excessive, marvellous, marvellously designed ooh-la-las that are such a, both a joy to really be listening to in any given moment. So many beautiful intersecting scenarios that Bowie was really good at playfully drawing out and bringing the magic forward to fill our hearts with that burgeoning higher level of joy and inspiration. Hang On To Yourself is both a kind warning and an irresistible erotic rocker, especially the hand-clapping chorus that makes its particular debut in the different aspects and fragments of the way the arrangement presented itself on vinyl and also very much in a live capacity. Bowie has decided that since he just can't avoid cramming too many syllables into his lines, he'll simply master the rapid-fire, tongue-twisting phrase that his failing requires. Ziggy Stardust has a faint ring of the man who sold the world to it. Stately measured, fuzzily electric. A tale of intergroup jealousies. It features some of Bowie's more adventuresome imagery, some of which is really the Naz man. So we bitched about his fans and should we crush his sweet hands? Because at the end of the day, Ziggy played guitar. In complete juxtaposition to the prowess of Ziggy and its memorable hooks, its memorable framework, David Bowie's supreme moment as a rock and roller is, in my personal opinion, and probably echoes the sentiment of many, Suffragette City. A relentless, spirited, velvet underground-style rush of chomping guitars. When that second layer of guitar roars in on the second verse, you're bound to be a goner. And that priceless little break at the end, a sudden cut to complete silence from a mighty crescendo, Bowie's voice oozing across the speakers out as a brittle charge, oh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, followed hard by two raspy guitar bursts that suck you back into the surging meat of the chorus will surely make you do somersaults and echo the higher vibration of how celebratory you feel when you join in the chorus. And as for our star, well now, there's only room for one. And here she comes. Here she comes. You're on the Vinyl Crusade with your host, Mike Puskas. We're getting into the nitty-gritty, the more underbelly of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders of Mars. And we're going to check out another montage now. We're going to listen to a bit of Lady Stardust, which has a very soul-like flow to it, and follow that with Star, and maybe even a little bit of a tease 
with what's going on on Hang On To Yourself. So this is Lady Stardust and David Bowie.
you're sent wheeling, as if you've made the journey back to Earth from some far-flung galactic locale. Truly timeless pop, truly timeless art in general, is transformative. You emerge somewhat different after experiencing it. I know I certainly did. And in giving in to his own imagination and creating his very own world, Bowie changed ours immeasurably. And for that, many a pop fan should be eternally grateful. Starman for me is the best song on the album and a late addition to the record. It is classic David Bowie, harkens back into the same groove thematically as his first major hit, Space Oddity. An acoustic ballad accentuated by space-age trans transitional effects, orchestration and great post-chorus riff by Ronson. The song was Bowie's first commercial hit in three years and persists as one of his classics to this day. Some have even stated that it is the single most influential song in his entire catalogue. The song is also a pivotal point in the album's concept where the protagonist morphs from being manipulative to somewhat delusional. That's ballsy stuff. So this concept that follows the character of Ziggy Stardust this space alien manifesting himself as a self-indulgent rock star comes full circle to bring his form into our lives and permeate the image forever. I'm here to save you from yourselves. I've taken a form that's going to excite you, that's going to turn you on and let you tune in to the higher vibration of what lies outside of the limited thinking and the limited understanding of time-based reality. Within this time-based reality, consciousness takes the form of experience and exploration, limited only by our sense of diminished perspective and understanding. Yet outside the time-bound reality lies limitless possibility and probability, which we can collapse from a quantum perspective into any embodied form to embody the behavioral science and or action that sets a tone for where we may or may not choose to focus our conscious attention. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust is more than a parody, a play on itself. It's a highly defined ancestral experience of putting it all on the line and throwing caution over the shoulder in an effort to realize the free spirit and the free will that permeates every pore and cell of human consciousness. 
While the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars is a watershed rock album, it represents more of an evolution than a revolution in David Bowie's artistic journey. The record doubles as a synthesis of Hunky Dory's melodic charm and the man who sold the world's hard rock swagger. After being inspired by the theatrics of Iggy Pop and Lou Reed, as well as witnessing what fame does to the famous, Bowie delivered a two-part opera of sorts. What do we mean when we think about Bowie's sensibility in a two-part opera of sorts, the before and the after? What was represented as the before was everything that had shaped the ideal into a observable form, shifting its atomic structure and widening its view, creating a deeper understanding of our ultimate connection to the higher divine realm. God lies within. God embodies Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy and God set the scene for what will come next. You're on Magazine Radio, The Vinyl Crusade with your host Mike Puskas. And we're going to feature these really big stabs in the air now, these songs that kind of define the I'm not going to take it that Twisted Sister would take to an even major popular level only a few years later. This is Suffragette City and David Bowie.
takes a cigarette Puts it in your mouth You pull on your finger Then another finger Then cigarette The water wall is calling It lingers Then you forget Oh, 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 oh You're a rock and roll suicide You're too old to lose it Too young to choose it And the clock waits so patiently on your song You walk past the cafe But you don't eat when you've lived too long Oh no, no, no You're a rock and roll suicide Shit breaks the snarling As you stumble across the road But the day breaks instead So you hurry home Don't let the sun blast your shadow Don't let the milk float Grab your mind They're so natural Religiously unkind Oh no And before that, the quintessential and perfectly aligned to what was going on, Suffragette City. In the world of the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust, you're on Magazine Radio and the Vinyl Crusade. And we're here at the tail end of the last bend of this interesting journey by train, by plane, by automobile, and most importantly, by spacecraft to get to the crux of what this particular record is really all about. Ziggy Stardust and the album's default theme song is interesting. It's a unique rocker with tight instrumentation which heavily leans towards riff-driven classic rock, my fave, during the verses while the choruses drift towards the newly established, eclectic and evocative Bowie sound. Mick Ronson really shines on this song with his crisp, distorted and methodical guitar riff, which gives the song an eternal signature. Bowie accents the two parts of the song with distinct vocals and well-delivered lyrics in each. The original album mixed segged from Ziggy into Suffragette City, which is the standard rocker we just heard with an incredible edge and execution by both Bowie and Ronson. Drawing inspiration from a range of artists that span from Little Richard to the Velvet Underground, these tracks, Ziggy and Suffragette, 
reminds the listener that David Bowie is, in fact, a bona fide rock star, first and foremost, no matter how out there the bulk of his material may drift from one extreme to another. After the frantic top-notch electric rock, the album closes with the calm and acoustic rock and roll suicide, which we also just witnessed, which documents Ziggy's collapse as a washed-up performer, showing an amazing sense of self-awareness, a time when rock was still relatively young. The song gradually builds through subtle tremolo-based electric guitar effects and into full orchestration as a dramatic coda for the album. I hope you've enjoyed listening to what I consider to be a very worthy exponent of the Vinyl Crusade in The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. And I'm going to leave you with my own personal interpretation, if you like, of what this record kind of maybe have meant to me all those years back when I was a young teenager, but certainly is rather prophetic in line of where I stand today at the tender age of 56. So here goes, and I've thought about this. Released on June 16, 1972, David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars is a concept album which tells the story of the fictional rock star Ziggy Stardust. Let me explain. No, there is just too much. So let me sum it up. Due to a depletion of natural resources, humanity has reached its final five years of existence. Five years. And its only hope exists in the form of an alien messiah, the Moon Age Daydream. Ziggy Stardust, the consummate rock star, a drug-using, omnisexual human manifestation of an alien being acts as the messenger with his band, his cohorts, the Spiders from Mars, on behalf of extraterrestrial beings called Starmen. Starmen. The message, beneath a hedonistic facade, ultimately communicates the time-honoured rock and roll theme of peace and love. A Starman will come and save planet Earth. Starman. He communicates this message to the youth of the world who, having lost the desire to rock and roll, become enthralled, besotted and totally embroiled in the saga. Ziggy, however, is ultimately destroyed on stage, rock and roll suicide, his fate sealed by a decadence that only fame can encourage. The same means by which many rock stars contribute very much to their own demise. The tragic flaw of the special man, not unlike a Hellenistic hero, is hubris. In the track Ziggy Stardust, one is reminded of Icarus flying far too close to the sun. Ziggy, having made it too far, after all, this album chronicles both the rise 
and the fall of our hero. Bowie describes the ego attributed to our prophet to William S. Burroughs in a 1974 Rolling Stone interview. And I quote Bowie now. Ziggy starts to believe in all this himself and thinks himself a prophet of the future, Starman. He takes himself up to the incredible spiritual heights and is kept alive by his disciples, you. When the infinites arrive, they take bits of Ziggy to make themselves real because in their original state, they are antimatter and cannot exist on our world and they tear him to pieces on stage during the song Rock and Roll Suicide. This subtle commentary on the self-aggrandizement present in rock and roll back then, and perhaps echoes in the annals of music and popular culture today, define levels of divinity which of course is subverted by the beguiling listening experience of a rock and roll album. Bowie also intended the songs Rebel Rebel, The Gene Genie and Rock and Roll With Me, later recorded for Diamond Dogs in 74, to be included in the full realisation of Ziggy's story in an aborted 1973 Ziggy and the Stardust Cowboy musical. Ziggy Stardust is just one of the many alter egos of Bowie, which include Aladdin Sane, or Ziggy in America, Major Tom, Halloween Jack, the Thin White Duke, and Jareth the Goblin King, to name a few. His spiders take the form of Mick Ronson on guitar, Trevor Boulder bass, and Mick Woody Woodmansey on drums who all reappear on Bowie's 1973 album, Aladdin Insane. The frontman, however, the messianic alien rock star, has become synonymous with Bowie, though the character was inspired in part by British rock star Vince Taylor, Taylor the rockabilly frontman for the Playboys in the 50s and 60s, after significant drug abuse, declared he was Matthias, the son of Jesus Christ, and preached his message from the stage, Lucy in the sky with diamonds, was a disciple always in attendance, and so thankfully are we. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Vinyl Crusade. I'm your host, Mike Puskas. I'm going to leave you with the title track, Ziggy Stardust and I hope that you guys have managed to draw perhaps a, a more interesting comparison to what was and what is and what continues to evolve and be that was beautifully captured in this incredibly evocative and emotionally charged album. This is Ziggy Stardust and the absolutely incomparable David Bowie. Thanks for tuning in.
Ziggy played guitar Jamming good with weird and gilly And the spiders from Mars He played it left hand But made it too far Became the special man Then we were Ziggy's band Ziggy really sang Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo Like some cat from Japan He could lick them by smiling He could leave them to hang Became on so loaded man Well hung snow white tan Ziggy played guitar. 